What is up, Panther fans? Welcome back to the X Clown Show, your favorite Panthers podcast. I'm Steven Sears, joined by Chase Pletcher and Brian Emery. How are y'all boys doing? Doing man, good. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm great. Hornets just got their biggest win of the season, so I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. March Madness Big. coming on. Yeah, biggest win. Hornets on three straight. March Madness starts this weekend. Free agency picked up this weekend. Uh, this week as well for the Panthers. Um, we're going to start covering that a little bit. So. Or wait, sorry, let's start with trivia. I forgot about that. My fault. Brian. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so since we're in the offseason, uh, I was thinking you're trying to keep it somewhat offseason related. So okay. this, goes, this goes back to 2014, okay? So let me, let me just really walk you guys through this question. So going back to the 2014 NFL draft, so every, draft, every Panthers draft since then, we're going to focus on day two selections, okay? That is rounds two and three. Right. So since 2014 up through the 2021 draft class, there have been two schools, so two colleges, the, the Panthers have drafted at least two or more players from on day two of the NFL draft. Can you give me one of or both of those schools? Jesus. All right. Hold Wait, you said since 2014 to 2021? Yes. So narrowing it down to rounds two and three of the NFL draft, there are two schools where the Panthers have drafted two or more two or more players from uh, in those two rounds, going back to 2014. Hmm. Okay. I know one of them right off the bat, like instantly. I, I thought um, I thought one was pretty easy. The second might be a bit more under the radar. At least I think I know one of them right off the bat, like instantly. I gotta. If you would like, you can even you can text me the actual players too. We, if you think you know that. Yeah, no one of one of them. I like no. I definitely know. I'm trying to like think back here. Um... And I'll be straight up too. Like I literally spent like five minutes researching this. So I'm not, I'm not going to promise that I might not have like overlooked one, like maybe one or two, but I'm pretty sure like I went through them all about three or four times and there were only, I think there's only two. So. Okay. Let me think. Um, Dude, actually I'm not going to lie. Cause they, okay. You know what? I think I know both of them. Hold up. Oh, wait. I think I went too far back. Well, no. I think I got one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got one. All right, I've, not, got, I've gotten both your answers. Are I'm not sorry about this again. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so uh, both of you got got one of them. I, I thought I thought one was pretty easy. Okay. So the first one's LSU. Um, so going back to 2014, we drafted three players actually from LSU on day two of the draft. That would be Trey Turner, oh. then, then Dante Jackson, and of course, most recently, Terrace Marshall Jr. Yeah. Uh, the second the second one I thought was going to be a bit more challenging. Chase got it. Uh, Steve did. Steve did not. 
But oh. we we would okay we would have slandered Chase if he didn't get this because the second one was West Virginia. All right. <laughs> so I'm West, a WVU fan so. from West Virginia. Um, Daryl Worley and then Will, Will Greer. Greer. Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, see, I, I'm glad I tried to like really think about those because at first I was just thinking of like mainly second rounders, like the bigger names that have more likely to have stuck around. And like at first I landed on Penn State. I was like, nah, no Penn State. I'm like, maybe in Ohio State because I was just thinking of like Curtis. Surely we got some other. One from each of those. So YGM from Penn State and then Curtis from Ohio State. But um, I only saw one each when I was going back. I got, I could have yeah. missed someone, but I, I think, I think that's correct. So yeah, no, that I'm, I'm going, I, and I almost forgot about Worley, but then I remember because we went Bradbury, then Worley, like yep. back to back. And so, yeah, yeah. Bonus points. Do y'all remember the college that James Bradbury was from? Sanford. Sanford. Nice, nice. Impressive. Yeah, I, I, I was just about to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Hey, y'all yeah, at least both got one. So that's, that's better than Steve and I did last week. We both went over two, so – that that's probably our best week so far, just in general. <laughs> yeah, because that was more impressive than besides like, my game week. Yeah, more impressive than the week like Steve gave us the softball, just to let people know we're not like dumbasses. <laughs> so but no, uh, that, that, that was a good question. That was a good question. Though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I I love like draft history and and stuff like that. So I have a good time asking questions like that. Um, if you want to get ready, go ahead and move on though. Uh. My cat's going nuts in the background right now, by the way. If you want to go and move on, like, I guess we can start with free agency. Um, So, uh, actually, it's got a notification right now. Adam Schefter, the Bucks just re-signed Godwin. Chris Godwin. Three years, $60 million. Sounds pretty solid, considering uh, the Jaguars are giving Christian Kirk, like, $18 million a year. Uh, but uh, specific yeah, to the – That's well, no Christian Kirk money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, specific to the Panthers, though, I don't want to say it's been a quiet start to free agency, but I think they're definitely still hung up on Deshaun Watson, which we will get back into tonight, obviously. Uh, but the Panthers have made some moves. Uh, most notably, they signed Austin Corbett, uh, guard from the Rams. Uh, I think sounds like he'll obviously be an upgrade on the offensive line. Uh, they've done some other things as well. Signed Donta Foreman, running back who played for the Titans last year. Again, I thought that was a solid, solid move. Um, I'm, I'm blanking because there was one other pretty big signing they made too, right? Xavier Woods, yeah, from the, uh, yeah, the safety. Xavier Woods, that's right. And then uh, a receiver, Rashard Higgins, today who most recently played for the Browns. So I was kind of open the floor to you guys, like. Any thoughts specifically on any of those guys or, um, you know, just how you're feeling after all that? Yeah, I think it's a pretty solid class so far. I mean, we've got an interior offensive lineman of Corbett who can supposedly play all three interior positions. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, like, too familiar with him, but, you know, a lot of guys that I trust with their word apparently really like him. And from what I've seen from, like, the couple of clips on Twitter, he seems like a pretty aggressive uh, interior offensive line, and basically anything is an upgrade. So hopefully he's he's good long-term. Um, Xavier Woods is probably going to be a big one for us as well. I think he's going to slot in just fine uh, with Jeremy Chin back there, assuming Chin is on the team. So looking forward to those guys playing. Yeah, yeah. And as much as I disagree with it, I do think given what we know about how in they are on Deshaun – 
we, we, you know, if you have to set your expectations right, we knew they weren't about to go sign a bunch of big names given how focused they are on this Deshaun situation. So I think when you take that into account, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with what they've done so far. I don't, no real reason to be disappointed. I'm, 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 I'm glad they've at least gotten one O lineman. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and Higgins, I think Higgins is a decent pickup. Yeah, he's solid. I'm not going to say Foreman as well. Foreman should be a pretty good spellbound. I I was pumped about Foreman. Um, I mean, we, we obviously know CMC and the injury concerns at this stage of his career. And I mean, and we, it's like, they've tried so hard to find like a, you know, a reliable second option to McCaffrey. Uh, I think Foreman might be like their best go at it yet because he is a really nice contrast. He's like a you know a bigger, more physical runner. So, I mean, if yeah. you're going to keep McCaffrey healthy, finding ways to just you know lower his workload would be huge. And yeah. I know Chase is I know Chase is a huge Chuba Hubbard guy. <laughs> we'll see how that plan, uh, pans out. But. That's why the Chuba thing never made sense to me. Was you know if you're trying to have a one-two duo with CMC, why are you getting somebody that's just a smaller version of CMC, a less quick version of CMC, a less reliable blocker blocking version of CMC, and a less reliable receiving option than CMC. I don't. You just got CMC if like CMC never took steroids or something. I don't know. You know, or if CMC never went to the gym. I don't know. That's why the Chuba thing was weird. So I'm glad they got someone that. You know, as uh, what was it? Matt Rule said, "We're running the ball downfield." Yeah, we're getting downhill, fellas. <laughs> that traditional coach talk doesn't really mean anything. This is what you say when you got nothing else to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, going back to Xavier Woods, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm super familiar with his game, but uh, he does seem like a pretty reliable player. He's he's on the field all the time. Never really comes off the field, and you know, safety's definitely a position where you can just kind of plug and play a little bit, you know, as a franchise, I mean, we, that's just not a position we've placed much of a value on. Of course we did draft mm-hmm. Jeremy Chen uh, in the second round in 2020, but man, like in the Rivera and Herney era, especially that's just, that's rotating a door. They, yeah. They were super cool to just, you know, find guys off the street and, and put them back there. And, you know, to their credit, I mean, it seemed to work for them. So um, yeah, I think it's kind of one of those things. Like, I think he'll be a solid, reliable player. I don't, I don't anticipate him becoming an all pro or anything, but should, you know, be a bit of an upgrade as to what we have back there now, uh, you know, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, this will probably be the first time in a good while that we've had like the same starting safeties for several years into the future. Cause I think Woods got what, three years? This, of course, assuming Chin. Yes, yeah, a three year deal. Like, he could easily be traded. Well, this podcast, but <laughs> and the question still with Chen is they tried to play him at free safety last year, and we've already been critical of that some mm-hmm. this year. But uh, I mean, I, I saw Woods, it seems like he can play either safety spot, but he does play free safety a little bit more, is what it seems like. So, you know, I maybe they're thinking like maybe they're gonna try to reinvent Chen's role again. I mean, that you know, that would be interesting to follow and kind of see what roles they want to put those two guys in. So, Yeah, I agree. And then with uh, Richard Higgins, I think that's solid depth right there. Chase kind of touched on him earlier. I like him as well. He's pretty solid. I wouldn't expect anything too flashy from him, but he's been kind of reliable as, uh, as a Baker Mayfield receiver could be. Over the past <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I think he should, I mean, he'll, he'll, 
assuming we don't get rid of like Robbie and DJ, he will be a more reliable <laughs> wide receiver three than what we had last year. And that's not to say anything against T like TMJ, but just putting it bluntly, you know, if he were on the team last year, you know, he would have been a much better wide receiver three. Yeah, I, I like how everything we say right now is kind of asterisk because we don't know if anyone's going to be on the roster. Oh, I, there's <laughs> right. not, the, the only person I feel like I can say for a fact will be on the roster is Taylor Moten because, like, it, he's good, but he's not the type of guy that the Texans are going to demand. And mm-hmm. so, but everyone else, all those young guys that we've gotten in the first round the past three, four years, there, there could be some combination of them that's being demanded. No. So, really, there is just an asterisk on fucking everybody. And just kind of speaking on our receiver room just a little bit here, it's fine. I I definitely – I think it gets overhyped by the fans a little bit sometimes because the rest of our roster is just so bad. Like, you know, you can do a lot worse than a DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, like one-two punch at receiver. But in the NFL today, like so many teams still have so much better than that. You know, like I would say at best our receiver core is league average. DJ's yeah. obviously a, a super solid player. You know, Robbie had a down year last year, but in his defense, the quarterback play was so atrocious. So you can't put that all on him. In terms of Higgins, like, I mean, I, I'll be interested to see what role he has, but I would imagine they're going to try to get Terrace Marshall involved more next year. They also are given Zilstra. I mean, so, I mean, it's like last year we signed David Moore from the Seahawks. Yeah, and, and we all were like, oh, this guy's going to be on the team. He's probably the number three, number four guy. He ended up getting cut. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to Higgins at all. Not at all. But, you know, it will be interesting to see who kind of ends up getting left out of that rotation, you know, come the end of training camp in August, September. Yeah, it's a uh... – I agree with the whole league average thing. I think the year we had the two of them and Curtis, I think, you know, it, it seemed like it was trending up. But like, yeah, like I said, I, DJ Moore is a wide receiver one, but I don't think he's a top end wide receiver one. I know people could pull up the stats of, hey, well, since this date, he's third in receiving yards, you know, past three years, whatever the number is. And that's great. So that's not me saying he's bad, but like, would either of you guys consider him a top 10 receiver? No, I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I just wouldn't. And so if that's if your best receiver is a guy who's more of maybe the fifteenth, twentieth best, and then your wide receiver too seems like he just had a down year. It's hard to rate the core yeah. as a whole super high. And, and like again, like we're not like slandering DJ when we say he's on a top ten receiver in the NFL. It's more of one of yeah. those things like so many teams have such dominant receivers. Like DJ is a really solid player, but he's not Jamar Chase. He's not Justin Jefferson. You know, he doesn't he doesn't take over games like and he it, that's fine. He doesn't have to. Like he's still a really, really solid player, but that's still worth the like, pick. Still I mean, worth the pick in my opinion. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, he's he's very consistent. So I mean, I mean Wide receiver is one of those positions, like, heading into every draft, I will never blame a team for, like, if there is a solid receiver there, just draft them anyways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, worst-case scenario, you have too many weapons because, you know, the way it's a passing league now, you know, the more dangerous receiving threats you have, I mean, it just – it opens up so much for your offense, so. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So, do we want to get into this Watson uh, discussion? I guess we got to. (laughs) Yeah, so as I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast knows, the Panthers have been on their knees begging for Watson for the last year and a half. Um, and even still, and it's looking like he may not even come here, doesn't want to be here. I'm having doubts. I don't know about you guys. But as of today, 
we have met with him along with the Browns, Falcons, and Saints. And I feel like we're four out of four there. I don't know. What do y'all think? Um, I, oh man, this is tough. I would maybe, I could, I could understand the argument of having us above the Falcons. I can, I can definitely understand that argument. I can't say for a fact, you know, it would depend on what the deals look like, but I would definitely put us behind the Browns and the Saints in terms of appealing and how appealing of a destination we are. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Like I would say I would rather be on the Panthers and the Falcons, but in terms of like what Deshaun wants, it seems like like he reached out to Atlanta. So like that might be his number one because he reached out to them saying, yo, like let's link up. You know what I'm saying? Oh but, yeah, we're we're definitely in last. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> I uh, I think if I I think the Browns thing in terms of like I mean okay they probably might have the best roster of all the teams rumored right now, but also like if you're Deshaun and you and it, stuff like this can change really quickly. But the AFC, you got Justin Herbert, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Joe line. Burrow. I can't remember a time in the NFL where the disparity in quarterbacks between the two conferences is this wide. Like the NFC, you have 40 year old Aaron Rodgers, you got 45 year old Tom Brady. And I mean, gosh, that's, is that about it for the number of elite quarterbacks in the NFC at this point? So I think uh, surely he's thought about that. Like, you know, the, the door's definitely more open in the NFC than the AFC. So that could give more value to the NFC South team he's looking into right now. Yeah, I mean, also, though, like, you just kind of named off all those quarterbacks, and that's, like, the reason why, like, none of them are hitting up for Deshaun, right? I mean, even if he goes to the Browns, like, that's two guys in that division right there with Burrow and Lamar that he's going to have to compete against regularly. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not like, you know, he has, like, too many options. Like, his only options are obviously teams that want him or want to deal with that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, and just getting back to Carolina's interest, I mean, we talked about in the last episode, literally, and it just it just remains so embarrassing because everyone knows how thirsty we are for this. And, I mean, again, like, we've literally been trying for over a year now or, or whatever it's been, and the Falcons literally, they the past 24 hours decide they want to get involved. <laughs> and we're probably yeah. going to miss out, I mean – maybe our biggest rival, we're probably going to miss out on him. And I didn't want him here anyways. We talked about that last week, but this is still this yeah. horrible optics for the franchise and just what the perception around the league is of the direction of the Panthers right now. Oh, yeah. Deshaun's, like, treating the Panthers like is, – it's like a girl that – there's a guy that really, really wants her, will do anything up. for – it's just, like, the biggest simp and has been, like, bestie zoned. And, like – and – but this girl, she like obviously is not romantically interested in this man, and so she's just going out trying to find these other men. But she, but she's being just nice enough to her best friend that she, her quote unquote best friend that she friend zoned, just in case she can't find anywhere else. Her entire life, she has like someone to fall back onto. That's kind of what Gershon's doing. He's like stringing us along just enough. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our meeting went well. Our meeting went well. Keep sending those offers in, you know, just in case the Falcons pull out or the Saints pull out. Or the Browns are like, you know what? Nah, we'll roll with Baker, something like that. Just in case he has no good options or anyone that wants to give him full control, he can be like, "Hey, you know what, best friend? I've actually been in love with you this whole time." And David <laughs> Tepper be like, "I knew it. I knew it. You just needed to come around." Yeah, you know. So that's kind of what it feels like. And, and what's really interesting as well is there's been reports that 
David, and like, again, like there's been so much shit that's been put out there this week. So you've got to, you know, be careful trying to figure out what's real and, and what's not. But this is at least believable. Apparently, like David Tepper even has told Deshaun he'll have some say in terms of like personnel decisions and things like that in the future of the franchise. And almost like, almost like the power LeBron's had over his teams throughout his career. And like, it's just kind of crazy to think about because I mean, I don't know. Like, it'd be interesting to see how how that would unfold if you're really guaranteeing a guy like that, you know, that much control over your organization as a player. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. It's. I mean, it's a big risk. I mean, it absolutely is. Aside from every other reason that I'm against it, it's still a big risk. Yeah, I mean, how would y'all like really feel about that if he like came in and had that much control? Like, is that okay? Like, I feel like it's uh, not. To me, to me is not like we've seen. Not every player is built to understand management. Like you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Like how many NFL players, even great ones, would you automatically hire as GM of your favorite team right now? I mean, hell, even LeBron messes up his teams. I mean, yeah. how, every year he ends up with no help. You know what I mean? Like Le- right. even LeBron, who I think has a great mind for basketball, I think LeBron will be a great coach or GM one day. And he still like fucks his rosters up sometimes that he kind of builds. And I know that's a different sport, but like, geez. I don't know if I trust a quarterback who's like 26 to, you know, kind of have a say in the head football coach because your head football coach isn't most of the best coaches. I mean, I know some of the newer guys less so, but think about the best coaches, Tomlin, Belichick. I mean, Harbaugh, some of these guys that have stuck around a long time, they're not just these genius offensive minds. Not all of them. I'm not saying Sean McVay and people like that aren't, but not every successful coach is. Yeah, I mean, I would have no problem, like, including him in on, like, you know, head coach discussions. Uh, Like, it's not, like, a huge deal to me, but, like, it sounds like they're just going to have – he might as well just have the assistant GM title. Like, that's what they're making it sound like. Like, That's, like, kind of a stretch. Like, it's fine if you want to come in and be like, hey, like, I need a couple more receivers or, like, hey, can we do something about this? Like, sure, like, whatever, but, like, I'm not – you're not signing off on anything, bro. Like, you know, dude, I'm just dying at the mental image right now. Chase just brought up Bill Belichick. Imagine if Robert Kraft just pulled up to Bill Belichick's office one day and was like, yo, we're going to try to get this quarterback and he's going to have a ton of say over the roster now. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I got to interrupt this real quick. I just saw this really funny tweet. So the Seahawks tweeted hashtag. Thank you, Russ. And the official Seahawks, like, public relations account quoted it and said, thank you to one of the best quarterbacks in Seahawks history. <laughs> and that is, that's just making me – that's just killing me right now. It's cracking me up. <laughs> that's <Man>. hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, back to what we were saying. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what it, it just reeks of desperation. That More so than anything else, it just reeks of desperation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's just where we're at at this point. And uh, it does sound like as of Wednesday night or, or whatever, I mean – it doesn't sound like he's coming to Carolina, which has been pretty – because it was like Sunday or Monday. I think it was uh, Benjamin Albright, who I think he has a decent pulse for what's happening around the league, and he was being very cryptic. It sounded like Carolina was completely in the driver's seat for him. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, like ultimately I'm, I'm glad he's probably not going to come here for, you know, a few different reasons, but – um, it just, again, just kind of shows, like, you know, like we've kind of been talking about that we were clearly Deshaun's fallback option. I mean, I, I think he would have accepted coming here if there weren't any options he preferred, but it sounds like he certainly 
prefers New Orleans and probably Atlanta as well. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing over the past couple of days with, uh, in like the past week or so, with how we've been favored, has a lot to do with the package that we've sent in supposedly. Because yeah. if if he had no trade clause, he would be in Carolina already. Tweets would have been think... sent out. Hey, oh no, no doubt, no doubt. Like, it's very obvious that for us to stay in this race, we had to have sent a much more massive offer than every other team. Mm-hmm. Because the Texans are like Deshaun don't even want to come to y'all, you know. Like, y'all got to send us twice as much as what everybody else is sending. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Let me ask you this: just a br- thought experiment. What do you think is the most outrageous trade offer that you could think of that we'd send there that you actually think has a non-zero chance of being a real offer we sent? If that Although, makes sense. Like, what's the most ridiculous thing you could think of that we would send that actually has a slim chance of being true? Here's 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 what I here's what I would go. Obviously, three first is like their bottom line or whatever, right? So that's your first and 23, 20. Wait, this year, 22, uh, then 23 and 24. I would say maybe two future day two picks, maybe like a future second and a future third, and then JC Horn and Brian Burns. I think I think that would be Probably getting up maybe your two most valuable pro, uh, prospects as well as all the picks as well. So I think that would be the most absurd one I can think of. That if I mean if I got a notification that it went through, like I, I still wouldn't bat an eye though. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean we were getting reports saying that like if if a deal goes through, like y'all are probably going to be shocked or whatever. Like I, I think it literally could have been something like four first, you know, a couple day twos like jc dj or some crazy like literally anybody i would not have been surprised anybody any pick they could have had the entire like next yep. three draft classes on there and i wouldn't have been shocked yeah i i saw one tweet i cannot remember who it was from but it might have been one of those like sources quote unquote um that just like loves acting like they're in the know and <laughs> I, there's a lot of them out there don't get me wrong and i feel like i saw someone say the panthers are trying to get like might have gotten a dip, might have sent an offer in that didn't even send that many players, and so what, the first thing I saw when I right thought when I read that was we're sending five plus first round picks, aren't we? Like, <laughs> we're not having a first round pick to twenty twenty nine or something. But no, I mean it's I mean I, you just know we definitely have sent in the biggest offer. There's no way we haven't. Yeah, it would be all done if he had no trade clause at this point, and- for sure. Yeah, so so one thought I kind of had to, I was, I mean, I wonder if teams will reevaluate the no trade clause in the future because of this. Because mm-hmm. again, like, I think if Houston had their way, Deshaun would have been on the plane to Charlotte probably Sunday night. I mean, mm-hmm. I think so eleven I think, months ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, I mean, it it really does seem like. Because of no trade clause, Deshaun's basically a free agent. So that's been a pretty interesting development to kind of see unfold. I mean, he, he basically has full say. I mean, if there's this one team he's hell-bent on going to, he can go to Nick Casario and say, hey, this is the only team you can trade me to. And I wonder if that could lead to the package being a bit less than what, we, that, what we're hearing is going to be right now. Yeah, yeah, because it's like say a team sends in a shitty offer – and he's like, well, either you send me there or you send me nowhere. Um, exactly. Like, and the Texans are like, fine, we will trade you for Kyle Pitts straight up. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know. I think that's like literally about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever yeah, Atlanta's yeah. offer is, is definitely not as good as probably anybody else's. But he's going to be like, yeah, I want to go to Atlanta. And that's going to be it. Seems like the Texans have like zero leverage here for sure. No, yeah. yeah. Deshaun has all the leverage. So power to him and his lawyer for that. 
this situation is going to single-handedly ruin everything the NFLPA has worked for over the years for player empowerment. The same way the Ben Simmons thing is going to single-handedly ruin everything the NBA PA worked for for player empowerment. Like, I'm telling you, the no-trade cost, stuff like that, management's, managements are going to look at that stuff differently now because they're like, whoa, we do not have very much control here. And not not saying it's a good or a bad thing because I'm all for player empowerment. I just think these situations in both sports, they don't mirror, they're not the exact same situation. But I think it'll change how much teams are willing to just give players a ton of power. I agree. Speaking of Ben Simmons, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie just hit a game winner on the Nets. So Let's go. Hornets, on one, <laughs> Hornets one game back of the eight seed. Let's go. Uh, would would y'all be more concerned about Deshaun going to the Falcons or the Saints? Because it sounds Saints. like it's going to be one of those two. Saints. Yeah, definitely the Saints. They're definitely more built. I feel like if he goes to the Falcons, it won't really matter. I mean, we look like we've beaten Deshaun and yeah. the Texans over the past couple of seasons. So it's not yeah. like if he goes to one of those teams, like we're like in the dust. Like I see like a lot of people like coming out and be like, "Oh, dude, they're going to whoop up on whoop up on us two times a year now." Like that's not really how it works. But like, like, <laughs> Deshaun is really good. Like the Falcons will be so thin with him and Deshaun is really good but Deshaun's also not God you know what I mean like Deshaun to be honest and this is why I say like Deshaun was amazing in 2020 the chances that people mirror their career year over and over are very low I mean most players well yeah I mean even like great like all-time great players rarely mimic their top career year Aaron Rodgers is one of the few I mean even Patrick Mahomes hasn't got back to 50 touchdowns yet you know what I mean and so like it'd be very unlikely for me to believe Deshaun's going to be that good every single year for the rest of his career you're gonna have some years where you're just slightly less good and his team still went four and 12 when he was the third best quarterback in football so I mean I don't know I had this I don't know if this makes sense or not but it's like I still almost wish you would rather go to the Saints because it's like I'm used to the Saints doing evil shit, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's like they're the epitome of an evil franchise, and like I'm used to it. I'm used to them winning. I I, I cannot handle it when the Falcons win games. Like, and, and I know like the immediate roster for the Falcons is going to be in really tough shape after this trade. Uh, I really. Surely AJ Terrell or Kyle Pitts is going to be in it. I mean, we'll see. Surely one of those two. Like they, their roster really is devoid of promising talent. But this is, I mean, the team who makes this trade, they're looking at this trade for the next ten to twelve years, not the next three years. I mean, mm-hmm. you give up the three first round picks. That obviously sucks. That's a lot. But your picks replenish, and Deshaun's still like twenty nine years old. I mean, you still got that guy locked in for a long time. So. I don't know, man. Like the thoughts of Deshaun going to the Falcons and just like going on like an absolute tear through the NFC South. Like I'm used to the Saints doing that, but man, I would hate if the Falcons did that next. Yeah, I, I mean, what I'll say, I'd be I'm more scared of the Saints, but it's not as big of a gap as it would be if Sean Payton was still the coach of the Saints. For sure, for sure, mm-hmm. that's fair. So, I mean, I, I think we'll get an answer on this soon. Uh, I mean, I, we've spent a lot of time. I'm, I'm not going to lie, though. Already, yeah. I, I'm about to be a huge hater. Like, I'm – I don't like, <laughs> I mean, like, Panthers, that's a weird situation. But I'm seriously, like, I'm going to be, like, hater of the year. Every bad pass he throws, I'm going to put under a spotlight. Like, I hope the dude just fails miserably. I hope he – plays awful you know what i mean like i hope like people start calling him overrated or you know like, i i hope everything bad that can Norm- happen happens normally i would like be against you on that but with 
concerning for one the off the field stuff which whatever but then also the fact that we've been the only team that's wanted him for the past year and he is still basically just said no i'm straight like bro like screw you man like <laughs> they, they stuck real. with him they stuck with him through like all of the big all of, like, all the, of it all of, like the big ben career arc from the allegations all the way to when he's like tweeting about god we they were, stuck with deshaun through all of that. we were competing against ourselves and he still <laughs> said no like, yeah, no, like dead ass fuck him seriously <laughs> <laughs> yeah and- I think, I mean, I wonder too, like what like the league wide perception on him is like, obviously he's, he's a phenomenal quarterback, but I, I wonder like, do dudes in the league, like so everyone's like, Oh, I mean, who cares that you're getting rid of these draft picks? You know, players are going to be flying to your team to come play for Deshaun. But like, I wonder like, do dudes in the league like think this guy's like a creepy weirdo or do, I mean do they think he was done like I'd be really curious to know like what the average NFL player thinks of Deshaun Watson right now and how interested they'd be in going to play with him wherever he does end up getting traded to or if any, or, or if any would be willing to speak out you know what I mean just to say hey hold on now yeah. I feel like I mean I guess I don't know the sample size from what I've seen is obviously very small but like I feel like I've seen a few NFL players tweet and they don't care <laughs> Like, I mean, and I don't know. What I that's not speaking for everybody, obviously, but like, I feel like they don't really care that much. Yeah. Like you, like you got Mike Davis tweeting out about to get a massage or something in the middle of all this. Like, dude, dude. That's <laughs> like, yeah. Deonta Foreman was already trying to recruit Deshaun to Carolina today on right, his yeah. IG story. Yeah. Then and he just Armstead, got here. Teron Armstead from the Saints is like waiting for him to make his decision if he's going to stay with the New Orleans or not. So I mean, like. Clearly, he's still got pool. So, I mean, whatever. It's just, it's going to be so interesting. Like when Deshaun, whoever, whatever team he goes to, his first away game, like, like what, like what that's going to, like how, like the visiting fans are, are going to react to when he, I don't know. It's, it's, well, it's even, really, it's going to be a circus, man. Even the fans, because I've seen several big Twitter accounts take poll on, like, would you want Deshaun on the Panthers? And like, it's been majority, yes, I feel like, from the fans. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, especially with us, like, people are tired of losing, right? And so, like, it's definitely just stacked up to where, like, losing has become apparently a bigger deal than what he's done off the field. Yeah. And, and that's just what's happening right now. And, and, and it look, sucks. And look, man, like, because, you, I mean, y'all know how I feel, but I think we all basically feel the same way, all three of us. Um, And, look, just to not try to seem like – I. From other people's perspective, look, I get it, especially given like the whole thing with no criminal act. I had some people, it's like, if you're, you know, if you just want to be like, look, hey, you didn't get charged, like, you know, like, whatever, I'm not going to get too into that. And you just want to try to focus on football. Okay. You do you. That's just like personally, like me. And you can bring up people in the past, past athletes that have been in similar situations, but it's like, I'm old enough now, you know what I mean? to like know this you know don't bring up something to me like why didn't you care when this happened in like 2002 like bro i was in preschool you know what i mean (laughs) twitter didn't exist so i couldn't have said anything about it then i couldn't have grasped what was going on at the time so i have my opinion on this situation that i formed at this age of my life and that's just how i feel about it you know what i mean yeah i mean i i'm just i'm sorry for this shit to be over and and more more so than anything else i'm just tired of hearing his name bro like <laughs> make, make up your mind, bro. <laughs> we well, got a team to build. They, they call my boy Aaron Rodgers a diva. And look what this motherfucker's doing. Like, he's had a year. You've had a year to pick where you want to go. 
Like, dude. Oh my god. I will say one of the most depressing things I've seen. I, I think it was actually uh, um, Sheena, who I think does a pretty good job, you know, covering the Panthers, and you know, she seems to, you know, have some sources you know, maybe in the know on the Deshaun situation. She said that she, I think she at least hinted that if Deshaun goes to Atlanta, I guess even New Orleans, then Baker could be a possibility in Carolina. And that's just so depressing. Man. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't even want to have to think about that. We need to, we need to stop doing this. This is yeah. getting ridiculous. Bro, how many like reclamation projects? Are there, surely one of these low-end starter, high-end backups we can sign is going to turn into a high-end starter. Like, Jesus. At least just sign Jameis just so you're not giving up any draft picks. Jameis. I mean, I saw someone throw around today actually the idea of like Derek Carr, which, Brian, I know you I know you like Derek Carr. Um, you know, I don't I, – I feel like we'd have to overpay for him though, which is like makes me say no. But, I mean, I I, I don't hate the idea of Derek Carr. I just don't think that that's what would happen. I mean, if you think he can be had for, like, a future second-round pick, then sure. But I, I think the Raiders are only going to trade him for just what they think is a ridiculous return. And yep. like, like, why I, else would they trade Carr's him? Not, Carr's not worth that. I mean, not even close. So, Just draft your guy and move on. Yeah, that's I my, that's my take. Wholeheartedly agree. I, at this point, that's where I'm at. Draft Malik, even draft Pickett. I'm dead serious. Yeah, like, I really don't care. Draft like, somebody. Draft somebody. Give me a rookie on a fresh contract that I can just get behind and support. They got like a year or two leeway where we don't have to nitpick their every play because hey, they're a rookie. You know, we can just have some fun, enjoy the bright moments. You know, it's like what Texans fans are doing with Davis Mills. Is he going to end up being their franchise quarterback? Probably not. Maybe not maybe 50-50 chance, but they just got to enjoy this past year of him, mm-hmm. you know, making some cool throws here and there, you know, so. And, like, I think people are like, oh, if you miss on a first-round quarterback, it sets you back, like, four or five years. That's just – that's so false. Like, say they do draft Pickett or Willis, and let's say this season's a disaster, and Matt Rule, you would assume, would get fired. If you're picking the top five again and you can get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, like, yeah, that would be so unfair to pick it or Willis. But at the same time, I don't think any of us would complain one bit. Like, the Cardinals did that with Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray. And, like, yes, yeah, suck for Josh Rosen. But, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast, I guess. And it's how, it's how stuff works. So, yeah. I agree there. And, I mean, like, the Browns, I think most people would agree at this point. Baker obviously did not play up to number one overall pick potential. Did that franchise get set back? No. If you make other good moves, you can still yeah, build up the rest of your team. Right. Because mm-hmm. the Browns are clearly in a better spot now outside of quarterback than they were before they drafted Baker. You know, uh, no everything question. else. No question. They're Deshaun away. <laughs> so, I guess the last thing we want to talk about some uh, some football. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me kind of let me get, get this rolling here. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you I'm just gonna tell you fellas like that that first home game, man. That shit was so lit. Looked awesome. Looked uh, awesome. Yeah, I hate being that guy. Like, oh, y'all missed out, but dude, it was it, it was jealous. There was some energy in that stadium, man. And it was so funny because like I, I'm not gonna like gatekeep being a soccer fan, but you could tell so much of that stadium had no idea how to watch a soccer game, like. They were chanting like "Let's go, Charlotte!" throughout the game, and I'm like, "That's just that's not how you watch soccer as a spectator." Uh, but no, I mean, like, I mean, people were on their feet the whole game. Uh, the team had a really boring performance, which sucked because, like, I think a goal would have set that place. Like, but 
Uh, I was at the NFC Championship game back in 2016, and I mean, it, I really I haven't felt energy in that stadium, uh, you know, like I had for that first Charlotte FC game since that NFC Championship. So that was definitely cool to see. Um, it'll obviously be interesting to see, you know, you know, if the popularity continues to grow or spread or whatever. Um, teams obviously got to start playing better, but I don't think we're too too uptight about that yet because they're an expansion team so yeah i'm sure by june when we've won like one game uh-huh. I, I, I doubt we'll be putting seventy thousand fans in the stadium <laughs> but I, I, at the very least they're getting better and better each game so i don't think they've looked if, if you told me that charlotte fc was going to start the season zero and three i don't think they've looked quite as bad as you'd expect from an zero and three team that's right. the nicest thing i can say like they look like they at least have earned a few points They've had some tough luck so far, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that first game we talked about, that could have easily has been a draw, um, at least. LA Galaxy game could have been a draw. And then yep. Atlanta United, last-minute last goal. like Deflection. I mean, yep. How many deflected buzzer. goals have we given up? Like, it's been like three now, like two I, against DC and one against Atlanta now, right? Three and two pins. Yeah. Mm. We've given up like one goal – I'm not going to say those other goals were – they're not fake goals, but we've given up one just straight-up non-deflected goal during, like, the run of play. I, I definitely think you can argue our keeper, uh, Kalina, I think it is. He's mm. arguably been our best player so far this year. Yeah, he's been good. He's been um, solid. I mean, Him and Big Ben. Yeah, that's pretty surprising, actually, uh, Ben Bender. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fun to watch. Like, he is clearly one of their more creative players and – you know, got to start on Sunday. And again, like he's kind of like already becoming like a, like a cult hero amongst the fans. But <laughs> I also like, like, I, I mean, I, I really think like he should stay out there. I mean, he's clearly yeah. one of their more attacking minded players. Uh, he had an assist on Sunday, right? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. He, he sent in the corner too. Uh, yeah. And he had, some, I mean, so for a team that's clearly so devoid of attacking creativity and talent, uh, it's definitely promising because he's, you know, rookie, just got drafted. So uh, hopefully he kind of keeps, you know, turning into a solid player for us. Yeah, he's created a couple of good chances. Um, but that that MLS college draft, I, I feel like, I don't know, I was trying to make sense of it in my head because, like, he was, like, the number one overall pick. But that's not – that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you know, he's some, like, all-star caliber player. Right. Like, is, like, is that draft basically as, like, the equivalent of if, like, the NBA draft started in, like, the second round? You know, like, does that make sense? I really, I don't have a great answer for that question. But I, I do know because, like, I was reading mock drafts and stuff like that. And, like, I, I saw plenty of, like, people were like, well, this guy's probably the best player, but Charlotte's probably not going to draft him because of this reason and that reason. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of like, I know the MLB draft can be super volatile, like, because if a guy's going to, like, demand a high signing bonus, like, that can push them to certain teams. I don't know if there's certain factors like that at hand or not, but it does seem like it's not like like the NFL draft. Like, oh, these are the top five players. They're going to go in this. You know, I don't. I don't know. Right. So. I don't know. Plus, it's interesting. Plus, in soccer, you got to take into account like you could just sign someone from anywhere else in the world, and yeah. so there's also that when you're thinking like, okay, draft or the signage, which one is actually better? So there's all those factors that go into play um i heard something i don't know if either of you guys can attend is this tr- are they closing off the upper deck 
for future home games? That Just, was always the plan. Like that okay. was always the. I mean, I I would assume like now, I guess if Tepper like they think they're gonna sell fifty five thousand tickets for a game, like it makes no sense to close it off. But it was always the plan to keep the upper deck closed off for gotcha for home games. I, yeah. I I'm not gonna lie, I like I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that till just now. So yeah, if you go to the team, like the club's like Wikipedia page, it even says like Bank of America Stadium capacity like thirty eight thousand or whatever. Oh. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Why do uh, that? I feel like they're kind of selling themselves short. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I guess you know if they're gonna realize they can sell tickets, like then it makes no sense to close it off. But they'll, they'll probably want to see how the how the first few non home opener games go. Yeah, Ooh. that's fair. And and I know Atlanta, like they just they just do both. So I went to an Atlanta United game. This is a summer or two ago when uh, Zlatan was playing for the Galaxy. So it was Atlanta versus Galaxy and like it was a sellout, like seventy thousand people or whatever. So Atlanta, I know they obviously had the upper deck open in that game. But a lot of their other games, they just close it off. So it couldn't be one of those situations, too. Like, if it's going to be a big draw, open it. And if it's, you know, not going to be one of your more highly attended games and just close it off. So, yeah. hmm. interesting. Like, like, if you're playing, like, Atlanta. If you're playing, like, Minnesota United on a Sunday where the Panthers are playing at the same time at a different, you know, where people right. are rather, like, maybe you just keep it closed, you know? Yeah, so. for sure. But yeah, I, I would recommend going to a game, fellas. Like it was—I I mean, I was obviously pumped for that day, but it was—it was awesome. Like, I mean, we had a fantastic time. Uh, so I was sitting in the supporter section, and you know, I was just tailgating and stuff all day. So kind of got to the game. I mean, I was—you know—there about thirty minutes before kickoff, but the section was already filling up, and I mean, I still got a really good spot, like on our feet the whole game. It was—it was a really cool experience for sure. That's awesome. It was it was nice to see. I went to uh, like the Southern area that morning, and it was nice to see just like everybody was walking around and had like their jerseys on and all this kind of gear. Like it was yeah. a good vibe in the in the city. Like I think people like really took it on pretty well. I uh, know they they definitely did. So you know, I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, they'll continue growing. Obviously, got to start getting some wins at some point. But yeah, it was definitely a promising start. I mean, I, I really. I highly doubt anyone left the stadium that night and was like, yeah, I'm never going to come to one of these games again. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's good. Well, we got New England on Saturday. We we just like predictions or something. I know we got a new winger in the building. I don't know anything about him, but. I'll say we lose two to one. No, I'll I'll say we get a point. I'll say we get a one-one draw. I'm going to go nil-nil. Okay. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm gonna go nil nil. Get a point though. We're on the board. We'll take something. Yep. Gotta start somewhere. <sighs> well, all right. Y'all ready to call it? I think yeah. so. All right. Well, that was week uh not weekend at Hernies, the X Clown Show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steven Sears. That's Chase Pletcher and Brian Brian Emery. Follow us on Twitter at the X Clown Pod. Uh we will be back next week, maybe with some big quarterback news, maybe not. Who knows? But until then, we'll see y'all. Peace. Thank you.